Welcome to Bolts of the Roundtable. Here is your host, Terry Bonadonna. Yes, this is another edition of Bolts of the Roundtable. Our, I want to say weekly, but we don't technically come out with one every week, but our podcast during the 2018 Frontier League Baseball season. I'm Terry Bonadonna, your host for today's activity. We'll be here for the next half hour talking about whatever strikes our fancy. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Thunderbolt center fielder Blair Beck. Blair, thanks for stopping by. Always good to be here, Terry. Sitting to the right of Blair Beck, starting pitcher for the Windy City Thunderbolts, Mr. Connor Bach. Connor, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm uh, excited to chit-chat with you guys. I don't know if I believe that, but I'm happy to hear it anyway. <laughs> and uh, just to the right of Connor Bach is the Thunderbolts rookie outfielder, David Oppenheim. David, thank you for stopping by. Appreciate being hosted. I'm excited to talk it up with Bach and Beck. I'm actually excited. I don't know if Bach's excited or not but i'm ready to get this thing going i didn't strike it it didn't strike me before but uh when you said bach and beck like that now i realize we need to get joe beck on the next edition so we get bach back and back yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow that's good. Nice. I'll, I'll cut myself out entirely <laughs> uh david oppenheim you are a rookie out of university of southern california so i'm going to start things off with you just talk a little bit about uh what pro baseball has been like for you this year i know it's been a little bit weird because you've been uh, injured for the last month or so but the experience for you how's it been it's been positive. I mean, it's different. I mean, college, it's a, it's a lot more rah-rah and you're kind of set up to only play the weekends and it's a different schedule and, you know, playing with older guys versus, you know, the last couple of years. I mean, I went to a junior college before I went to USC, so I've always kind of been one of the older guys. Um, but I mean, especially the last three, four weeks, I've really started to mix in and been hanging out with Beck and, and Tyler Straub and uh, McCray, who just got here and they've been uh, making me feel quite welcome. So, I mean, it's it's always an adjustment period. This is the first time I've been out in the Midwest. Um, never really gotten out of the the West Coast, but it's it's been a pretty smooth transition for the most part. I'm looking forward to getting off the shelf too. So, well, we've got uh, all different areas of the country here. From the West, uh, Connor, you're from the East, and Blair, you're from the South. Everybody joins together here in the Midwest. How's it been for everyone? Love it. It's awesome getting to meet new faces and. Uh, seeing everybody's personalities, it's it's a blast and it's a joy to be around. Yeah, definitely a different uh, environment for sure. I was in the Midwest a little bit last year, so I kind of got a little feel for it. But it's nice to be out here, Illinois, Indiana, around that around that area. I'm just not a huge fan of the humidity, to be honest. But um, it must be nice being from Cali. Yeah, I was gonna say California, Washington. It's it's a lot of dry heat, but I don't know. I mean, it, some days it's pretty muggy, and I'm still getting used to breathing water in the air you know when we're running around and stuff but no it's 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 been good the midwest a lot of the people are very nice as well so yeah i've lived here my whole life and i uh i'm still getting used to the humidity as well uh it's not usually supposed to be like this anyway it's got kind of brutal weather throughout june of 2018 hopefully july is a little bit different i don't know uh what the long-term forecast looks like uh connor we talked about uh, david adjusting to professional baseball for you you're not adjusting professional baseball You've been around for a while. You played some affiliated ball. You got a little independent experience last year. To you, what's the difference been in the Frontier League so far? Uh, it's actually not much of a difference, to be honest. It's it's all pretty <clears throat> pretty much the same. Just maybe the level of talent is uh, a little bit less than affiliated. But I mean, all the like the way the teams run, the clubhouse, all that. Um, it's it's pretty nice. The guys are awesome. Uh, everybody's friendly and uh, everybody's got a, a good feel. So. It's uh, not too much of a change. That's one thing we've talked a lot about, actually, over the years on this podcast. Uh, the level of talent compared between the Frontier League specifically, but independent ball in general, 
and affiliated baseball. I feel like a lot of times it's uh, maybe a talent difference in affiliated baseball, but uh, the Frontier League has a lot, and it's weird to say this because it is considered a younger independent league, but I think a lot more experience than you get at the lower levels of affiliated baseball. Yeah. Does that change the way that you approach uh, the game as a pitcher or the two hitters who are up here as well? Uh, I know, Blair, you've got a little bit of affiliated experience under your belt as well. Uh, does, does that enter your, your line of thinking at all when you're getting ready for a game, just knowing the experience level of some of these guys? Not really. Um, I mean, I, for myself, I approach it the same way as I would affiliated ball. Um, I mean, you're going out there every day. The other guy on the mound that, that you're facing is, you know, he's trying to keep you from, you know, getting to where you want to be. So, uh, and at the end of the day, it's um, it's about competing and it's you versus him and uh, who's tougher. And um, that's like a hard thing to learn because you want to go up there with an approach and, you know, what's he going to throw in this count and that count. And, you know, sometimes it's just as it's easier to just think, you know, it's man versus man. And, you know, my buddy Jared Kudnick told me about that and, that helps a lot with the mindset. Blair, you're in your third year with the Thunderbolts now. What's the difference right now in your comfort level compared to where you started? Um, and how does that change things? Just the level. Obviously, you feel at home here by now. You've been here for a long time. But does that change anything in terms of the game or even off the field, your comfort level? Yeah, I mean, it's not really a comfort. I'm not, I'm not ever really comfortable um, with the – with everything, um, I I think the when you get comfortable, that's when things start getting very lackadaisical and you start going through the motions. And um, so I think being uncomfortable is is a good thing because um, this is a job at the end of the day. And if you get too comfortable, you can you know be at the door and on your way home. So, uh, but it is fun being around these guys and and coming to the yard. It's it's fun. Do you, as a, a veteran on the team now, do you kind of think of yourself as a leader on the squad in terms of new players coming in? Uh, somebody needs to show them the ropes around here, take them under your wing. Is that something that you do at all, or is that oh, yeah, somebody else in the clubhouse? Yeah, that's for sure. His, uh, his <laughs> okay. Yeah, it makes I mean, everybody that, feel at home immediately. Yeah. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? No, it's a good thing. Yeah, okay. Good thing. For sure, a good thing. You're always looking for those guys to – to come show you the ropes and pick you up a little bit whenever, you know, I mean, especially when I first came in here, there, there was a lot of things on the fence that, you know, I didn't know if I should do or should not do. For yeah, I was sure. pretty, I was pretty tough on Oppenheim when he <laughs> yeah. first got here. Yeah. But it's all, it's all out of love, man. I mean, everybody knows you just, you have to be willing to, especially when you're younger, like take a comment or two, take a hit or two and just kind of learn from it. And, you know, all those other guys are trying to pick you up at the end of the day, we're all teammates. So yeah, it's definitely awkward coming into a new team. So it's always good to have that couple guys, one guy just keeping it loose and you're not kind of sitting there in the corner by yourself and everybody's uh, talking to you and joking around. Yeah, I realize now I asked if it was a good thing or a bad thing. If it were a bad thing, I don't think you should admit it because you're sitting right next to us. <laughs> uh, you guys both joined at, I wouldn't say odd times. Uh, for, for you, David, it was during the off season, So you came in during spring training, but of course you weren't the only new guy here. Most of the team was new. And Connor, you came in at a little bit of an odd time for the Thunderbolts, six new players joined the team all in one day. So for both of you, I would think it was 
somewhat easier coming in where you weren't really an outsider. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. And I kind of came in on a road trip, so it kind of threw me in on the bus with everybody. So you got to get to know people real quick. Um, but yeah, having having six new guys, it's always good. You can always bond to them being the quote unquote new guys. Um, but no, it was got a, got acclimated with the team pretty quick and it's been good so far. When you uh, join the team on a road trip, at least a guy with the amount of experience that you have, you might sit down somewhere. You don't know if it's somebody oh, no, else's Actually, seat, funny story. Really the guy sitting out, right? next to me, the guy sitting next to me uh, came in hot to a new guy and, and, did not. and, and told him to get out of the seat. No, and, and everybody right. called him out because he was a rookie. <laughs> and so he decided to plop down next to me. And me being the nice guy that I am, you know, I just let it slide. And, uh, but on the way back, I made sure he, uh, I had my own seat. Yeah, well, you're a tall guy. You really yeah, can't. I have definitely to have need it. my own seat. Maybe three seats. Yeah. <laughs> what What ended up happening was that I, I I had a seat on the bus, and I had a couple of my things there, and <laughs> a couple of the guys came up to me to be like, "Hey," because this is right before I got hurt, right? They were like, "Well, you've been in the lineup every day. You know, you should get your own seat, and you should tell somebody." And I was really awkward about it because I didn't want to kind of step on anybody's toes, but then I, you know. Pretty softly was like, "Hey, dude, can I can I have that seat? Can I can I get the seat?" And then he's like, "Oh, you want to sit here?" I was like, "Oh yeah." yeah. <laughs> and then and then I got off the bus to go get something, and then Larry Balkwell was like, "Hey, you don't have enough experience." So I ended up just bouncing around, and everybody either had their own seat, who was like Blair or Larry or you know Tim, where you're not going to sit next to those guys because they have they have a seat, but you just there was so limited seats on the bus that I ended up. Well, there was a time where I got on the ground and I said, hey. Yeah, yeah. Blair, Blair picked me up for sure. But there was a couple of people. Like, I didn't – I was just making everybody mad because I think I sat with about 11 people that road trip. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, navigating the bus is not easy. No. I had to, to kick somebody out of my seat on the last bus trip. I still feel bad about it. That's right. Did you a, have to he kick was, out? He was a rookie. He deserved it. <laughs> well, uh, Eddie Avila. I had, I, oh, I, yeah. I felt, well, well, I felt bad about it. But, you know, I've been sitting in the same seat for five years now. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, Eddie. Listen, pal. Yeah. Was, okay, I'm the voice of the Thunderbolts, bro. Nice you can't be it. sitting in my seat. Uh, I always feel, feel wrong doing that, though. What's the worst thing about uh, riding in a bus league? Just, just not having a seat when you don't have one. I mean, I, honestly, it's, it's, this is the first time that I've had to do long bus trips, and I thought it was going to be worse than it actually is. But, I mean, Blair's always grinding Fortnite. There's a guy who, or I think it's Tim, who brings a TV, and we play, you know, Super Smash Bros. or whatever, and you just listen to music and pass on the ground. I feel like the, the bus drives go pretty quick. Yeah. I don't know you guys think about that. No, no I mean, they it's do. It's a bus, so I'm always uncomfortable, so it's pretty miserable. I mean, it is, it's kind of tough sometimes when guys are sleeping, it's late at night, and then... Oh, the bathroom trips? Yeah, cool. the bathroom yeah. trips are brutal. We got a lot of guys that can't hold their water. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm I actually struck by talking about bringing a TV on the bus and playing video games. I mean, even 10 years ago, you wouldn't have been able to do something like that. If you think back 20, 30, 40 years ago, minor league teams were riding the buses, and they don't even have the TVs in, in the front where you can watch movies. Oh, yeah, it was cards, right? Yeah, like, they the just play out. cards. I, yeah. I would guess that's a big part of it. I, I try to read a book on every bus ride. Sometimes it's not easy to do. Do you get, like, motion sickness when you do that, though? Uh, sometimes. I get motion sickness bad when I'm looking at something at close yeah. distance for a yeah. while. I feel like I'm going to. Because if, if Andre hits those little bumps on the side of the road, <laughs> those words get jumbled up. I trust Andres to, to give us a smooth ride. Oh, yeah. He usually does. I was a tad bit worried about the bus driver switch we had mm -hmm. coming from Washington. He didn't have a very good look on his face. I was like, <laughs> uh, 
This guy's in a bad mood. <laughs> well, and maybe a little nervous. Maybe maybe he was new to, to baseball. I don't yeah, know. Well, yeah, well, he driver. was probably thinking, you know, I got a bus full of guys that are, you know, millionaires. I can't I can't mess this thing up. <laughs> yeah. Right, as we discussed on our last episode. Yeah. I, I know that you guys. For all the listeners all out there, we do make a lot of money. Autographs are free, though. Yeah. And that's why you take the bus. Yeah, that's why we take a yeah. bus because we're, you know, we try to, to save our money here. Right. Gotta stay home. Yeah. All our financial advisors tell us that busing is better. Yeah. Are there Next positives? Month. Are there positives to riding the bus as opposed to, say, flying? Um, that sounds like a no. I, mean, we have I was going to say, have, there's I, like stops. I, I would say no, get, but like, at the same time, goodies. you get like to know your teammates. Yeah. Like a couple hours, maybe like five hours, you can get some gas station goodies. Rather airplane, you get those peanuts. That's about it. Well, the last stop we had, it was an hour and a half because some lady got $122 oh, worth yeah, of groceries. We had a little language barrier from. Oh, my God. Did you, were you not? No, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. I yet. mean, I was on the bus. I wasn't in the Oh, she came store. in $50 oh, worth of gas and then got $77 worth of groceries. It was wild. And it took an hour. And then finally, Joel had to come in and... Um, Mediate some Spanish. Yeah, get the Spanish going, and we got it done, but... Yeah, now that you mention it, we were stopped for a long time, weren't we? Yeah. See, actually, now that I'm struck, David Oppenheim, you said that uh, riding the bus is not as bad as you thought, but you weren't on the trip to Washington. So that's right. Maybe I, I that's why it's not oh, as yeah. bad as you thought. Okay, well, out nice. of the, the small sample size of bus yeah. trips I've been on, it hasn't been so bad. Well, yeah, I did miss Washington. We're going back there, so you, you get the full experience. Oh, we are going back. Trip. Yeah, yeah, in August, we're back oh, in Washington. Man. We don't have any really bad trips this year, I don't think. Last year, Blair, I don't know if you remember, it was actually right this time of year, the first week of July, we had to make the trip from Traverse City to Gateway, which is about a 12-hour drive, and then play that night. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we have anything really tough like that, because Windy City is very centrally located as far as this I think we goes. got Gateway to Southern. But which is easy. That's yeah, a two-hour trip. Yeah, we got an off, we got an off, two off days or something like that. So. Yeah, two off days in Southern Illinois. Now, for those of you who have never been to Southern Illinois, boy, are you in for a treat when we go there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do with my off days there. What do you typically do with an off day on the road? You don't get a lot of them. Oof. It's pretty much sitting in the hotel watching Netflix, yeah. ordering pizza. Especially at Southern, it's like, oh, well, I'll just walk across, spend a nice meal at Fazoli's, and go back to the, to the beautiful hotel. Yeah. Fazoli's is, uh, you got Fazoli's and you got your Arby's. Yeah. It's probably your two oh, best I choices. think they got a long, is it Long John Silver's they got right by that Avis lube too? I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a few, few blocks down. Get some hush puppies. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, money. Yeah, and from Southern Illinois to Gateway, and that's a little bit of a different trip because we stay right. We stay in a casino first of all. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, for those of you who have not been to Gateway, I don't know if you've stayed in casinos on other trips, but uh, I mean, is that a good way to spend your time? It seems like a good way to have a home field advantage that's to make dangerous. the other teams stay in the casino. Dangerous. Good way. I don't know. Definitely. Uh, definitely can start some bad habits going in the. But we got a. I oh, know we got a professional. We got, we got a professional uh, poker player right was here. That right? So yeah. Are you play a, a lot of cards. I mean, I, I play a lot of tournaments. So oh, I didn't realize. You, may yeah, need to may need to go to Gamblers Anonymous. We don't know yet. No, it's not a problem if you're winning, Terry. Well, and when you <laughs> talk about it on a podcast, you're hardly anonymous at that point. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say that's, that was a little blast, but that's okay. Right, so you're you're up then. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Me and. Uh, couple of my friends, I mean, mostly during the off season, I mean, I, I have somebody who, I mean, he owns a place in Vegas and um, I've, I've been spending time there and like, I'll follow like the little tour. There's like the Heartland poker tour, there's the WPT and then like the world series of poker circuit. I can't go to the actual world series of poker cause it's, you know, during season and whatnot. But um, yeah, I've been doing it since I've been like 18 
it's been probably my main source of income since, since playing baseball and whatnot. And I mean, I, I'm a big studier. You know, it's not like it, for me, it's not gambling. For the people who don't know poker, it's not like I'm sitting at a craps table, a craps table or roulette table. I'm just throwing money on numbers. Like I'm very calculated, and it's mostly playing the person. And you know, I, I I'm not a big table games guy because to, to me, it's like you know you, you're gonna lose to the house. It's like especially with six deck blackjack, like you can't count cards in a six deck blackjack. Anyone who says well, that they really can, can't count cards, you really anyways, can. That's what I'm saying. You, you you can't. That's disappointing but, to me because I've been practicing counting cards for a while. Uh, yeah, but, but I haven't haven't actually unleashed it at a casino. But yeah, I work online to, to try to count cards. But but poker pokers against it's the person. Legal, it's guess. it's the only it's the only game where I feel like everybody who plays it thinks they're really really good. And I feel like you can really exploit people who are bad, and it's almost like printing money at that point. Yeah, that's why I don't play. I Which do is also legal, <laughs> printing money. Uh, as long as you know as long that. as you work in the right places, it's legal. Yeah. yeah, working here probably not. Yeah, I don't have the patience for poker. I'm more of a spades guy. I, uh, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm not a gambler because I'd be terrible at it. Well, that's good. That means you save money. Uh, that's one way to look at it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you get the casino in Gateway, and you get uh, downtown St. Louis right across the river as well. Blair, I don't know, as the, your role on the veteran of the team, do you teach the uh, the newer players, not even just the young guys in this situation, but any new players, do you kind of give them the heads up on, on where to go and what to do in the visiting towns? Um, I mean, yes and no. Uh, it's kind of a you find out for yourself. Yeah. yeah. I guess you don't even have all that much time during the day. Yeah, not really. Um, and mo- most of the time I'm... I'm trying to – I mean, everybody knows it's a business trip, so it's a, it's really like finding your happy medium, have a little fun, but we still got to take care of business. And um, But there's there's some fun stuff to do. Gateway is going to be a lot of fun. They always have a – they bring out great crowds, and um, obviously the casino, if you lose a game, it's good to go blow off a little steam, 40 bucks or so. Are – the difference between wins and losses, are those different at home and on the road? Is it easier to get over it in either place to get over a loss? I think it's probably harder at home because, you know, you got your whole your fans and you don't want to let them down rather than losing on the road. It's like, I mean, yeah, the loss was tough, but I feel like it's more personal when it's home. But, I mean, a loss is still... Got to defend your yard, happy. man. Yeah. That's what it comes down to, so... Well, we talked about it last time as well. How do you kind of wind down after a loss? What do you do afterwards? I, I always thought it's tough on the road because you have to get on that bus. You're waiting for everybody, especially if you're ready to go early. You're sitting on the bus waiting for everybody to go, and you just you want to forget about the game, but you're still at the park. And then you go back to the hotel, and you're still with all your teammates. And maybe you spend a lot of time with your teammates anyway. But to me, it's harder to get away from it when you're on the road. Well, I think, at least in my small experience, but most of the guys are really good, especially you know when I hang out with, with Blair and Straub, as I have been like the last couple of weeks. We're really good at like once the game's over, it's like done yeah. talking about it, you know. And, and these are your brothers, right? And and we we settle on more things than just baseball. But I mean, if there's if someone had a bad night, and if if Blair saw something with my swing, or if I saw you know something with him or whatever, like maybe we'll mention it right after the game. But I mean, if if he's playing Fortnite and or we're watching TV or something, it's just drop it because there's always another one in you know either tomorrow or whatever one day off but I mean we just play so much that I would almost say it's easy to just drop it I mean it's easy to get worried about stuff and say oh you know we've lost a couple games here I had a couple bad at bats there but I mean it's just always about turning the page you know yeah you still want to keep that bad taste in your mouth for sure um 
especially, I mean, for me, losing at home and losing on the road, I don't like either of them. I mean, I go over to my grandma's house and we'll play gin. And if, whether it's at my house or her house, I'm still pretty upset. I won't eat her cookies for 10 minutes. So you're, you're pretty cutthroat, even against your grandmother. You gotta, you gotta win. Oh, me and me and my grandma are very competitive. Yeah. Really competitive. Is it different uh, when you win or lose? You talk about losing, you want to stop talking about it. When you win, say, 18-2, to two, do you just keep on talking about that one, or is that over when it's over, too? Well, so last night, Straub's girlfriend's in the car, and she's like, golly, that's got to you know, get kind of boring when you're thumping a team like that. And um, Now, don't take anything away from Traverse City. They're a great team. Um, but I was telling her, I was like, yeah, I mean, it's it gets to the point where it's like, man – you know, is what it is. But at the same time, it's like, hey, get me up to bat again. I want to keep this thing rolling. Because when you get hot like that, it's, I mean, our pitchers have been throwing unbelievable lately. Our hitters are swinging the bats very well. And everything's kind of starting to come together. And it's 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 a fun time to be a part of the team. What's it like to be in the dugout? Is there a big difference between a, a tight game and a blowout in terms of the type of conversation in the dugout? Uh, are you generally pretty focused on the game, even if it is a 15-16 run margin? I mean, it kind of depends on who you're talking to, right? I mean, everybody operates during a game differently. Like some people, you know, are one speed no matter what the score is, and some guys, you know, act a little different depending on, on what the score is, but only because that they need to, you know, do whatever they got to do, like during whatever, whatever score it is in the game, right? I mean, depending on the pitcher, depending on – I mean, there's just so many factors that I could go into, but um, you know who those guys are, and you just kind of feel out. Yeah, you just have to feel out stuff, so. And the pitchers kind of just chill. You know, we're locked in, but we're not really playing or anything, so and last we're night, trying to be the hype squad. Yeah. Last night was kind of different because everybody's, like, laid back. Everybody's playing well, so it's yeah. – you know, everybody's enjoying it, still locked in. And, you know, sometimes in a tight game – it's hard to keep that kind of, you know, loose, locked-in mentality because you're you got so many scenarios going through your head. Right. You know, you're coming in, the pitcher's coming in asking Larry, "Hey, who do we got next? All right, we got four, five, six coming up next. This is how we're going to approach them." Um, in a loose game like last night, it's like, "Oh, we got four, five, six. Let's just let them hit it and try and get in the dugout as fast as we can." Connor, what's the difference for you? You're a starter with the Thunderbolts, but you've been a reliever in your career as well. Sitting in the dugout compared to sitting in the bullpen, is the atmosphere totally different during the games? Uh, yeah, it's pretty different. Bullpen is more relaxed and chilling. Uh, we kind of just have random conversations. I mean, we kind of do that in the dugout too, but you're more locked in, in the dugout trying to hype the guys up. And in the bullpen, it's, I mean, it's kind of boring. You're just sitting down there, sometimes just roasting in the sun if they don't have a overhang or anything. But we still have to stay locked in to know you know, the hitters, what the hitters are doing, um, you know, what the score is situation-wise. But uh, so, yeah, it's 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 a little different, but sort of similar. There's a lot of things we do, too, to, to keep each other loose, especially pregame, that will spill into the game. I mean, no ma- I, I don't know if you agree with me on this, but it's kind of like no matter what's going on in the game, like it's just everything's – you're going to always feel just a little bit different like in every single scenario, right? Like whether it's tied, you're down two, down three, up five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's just – the good thing about baseball is it's just like it's never just a, 
a one trick pony in such a random bag sometimes. So yeah, no, I agree. One of the things that's interesting in a league like this, where most teams don't have large coaching staffs, there are probably times during the game where you got the manager coaching third base, you've got one of the other coaches coaching first. You might not even have a coach in the dugout. Does that change the atmosphere in any way? I don't. I don't think so. I think everybody's pretty professional and know what's going on. That to some extent they can coach themselves or we're close enough to where you can be like, hey man, uh, look look for signs this time, or hey, you missed this sign, or you know whatever. And no one really takes it personally. They know it's it's just you know teammates coaching each other. Yeah, I mean it's all part of it, and everybody's trying to help everybody. And you know if somebody makes a mistake, it's like, hey, this is what you did, and it's usually you get the response like, oh, okay, or yeah, I know, my bad. Smack them on the rear and. Hey, go back out there and get them. I think everyone being professional, you would think that people generally know how to police themselves, but is there a point ever in your career, and maybe you haven't reached it yet, but is there a point in your career where you start realizing, I'm noticing something, I need to talk to another player about this, or does that come differently for different people? Oh, yeah. no, for sure. I mean, I've uh, I've talked to um, Westcott and Landshaft a lot, um, especially like at the beginning of the year. Um, sometimes our bullpen would be I'm not I'm not like calling people out just out of the question you asked uh, I would say hey you know maybe I'll need to tell you know the bullpen hey let's you know really pay attention here because they're I mean without vet guys down there a lot of vet guys they're you know they're waiting on somebody to tell them to hey get loose or hey you need to get rolling and in pro ball it's more like watch the game, you know, know what your starter's doing, and that you stretch like, hey, if your pitcher's struggling, your starter's struggling in the first three innings, as a bullpen guy, you got to know, all right, my name may get called. I'm on. I'm hot today, so I'm, I need to start getting loose in case he calls me so I'm ready to go and I can get my seven, eight warm-up pitches in and I'm ready for the call when he goes out there. I'm going to change directions a little bit here. We've got just a few minutes left before we close up. As we record this, today's July 1st. It's the sixth consecutive day with a game. We've got a few more before an off day, and then the All-Star break is coming up next week. I'm just curious what you guys feel about the schedule, and in general, what's a good number of off days to have? In the Frontier League, you're generally off every Monday. Not this week, but you're generally off every Monday. Do you prefer that? Would you rather go every day? Would you rather get more off days? And with the All-Star break coming up, how important is that? How much do you need a break like that in the middle of the season? Oppenheim, you definitely need to answer this first. Coming Why? From, just coming from a rookie perspective. Yeah, uh, okay, well, what I was, well, was going to say, I mean, I don't really think about that kind of thing. It's just kind of like, what do we got today? I don't make the calls. I don't I don't really do the schedule or anything, obviously. And um, I mean, I, I look forward to playing, especially being on the shelf. I mean, baseball is a game where, you know, you've got to get used to playing every day. So, I mean... I don't really have anything other than that. I mean, if we have a couple off days in a row, okay. Like if we're playing 16 games in a row, just take it how it is. Um, as far as an all-star break, I mean, it's a little different because I've been on the shelf for a month, so I wouldn't really say I need a rest. But for guys like Beck and, you know, Larry, guys who have just been grinding out every day, I'm sure you guys need, you know, a couple days to, to recover and get ready for another 50. So, Yeah, I'm definitely used to like two off days a month maybe, two or three. They're really rare, and so when you have them, it's they're really nice. 
but it's also good to you know have a more uh more often as well i mean as a pitcher I don't really like off days, maybe one or two, but I like throwing a lot and having four off days is, I mean, I'll still throw, but um, yeah, I just, I don't really, really like it because I'm like a starter. So I have like four off days kind of, I mean, I still get my work in, but I, I throw once every five days. So do you find it noticeable difference when you're starting every fifth day as opposed to every sixth day? Does that extra day of rest make a difference in your arm? Uh, not really. Once, once you got your arm in shape, you could go every three to three to three or four days, but, uh, no, yeah, it doesn't really, I think the off days are more for position guys cause they're grinding out day after day after day. So they definitely need it more than, more than we do. I think off days are like when you have them strung up, you know, for a month, sometimes five. I mean, we've had Monday, Tuesdays off, uh, previously and, that's it's so tough to stay in a rhythm. I mean, if you got a guy if like, let's say Oppenheim's, you know, swinging the bat very well, really well and he's, you know, goes into two off days and he takes that time to rest and doesn't really swing. He comes in on Wednesday or whenever our next game is and he's like uh, you know, I don't feel as is on time with stuff as usual or a pitcher, you know, has their four off days and then the when they're supposed to pitch is another off day, they got to come back and they're like, ah, you know, I, that one day of rest I didn't really need. But I mean, I get it. It's part of the frontier league, but I would, I would much rather have less off days by a lot. And I assume when you're, when you're swinging the bat, well, and you kind of mentioned it when you're on a hot streak, you don't really want to have that time off. What's it like to be just locked in at the plate. Does it actually feel different? Does the game look different to you when you're swinging the bat that well? I mean, Blair, I think you're you're about as hot as the Sah- the Sahara Desert sun right now. So I think you should answer that question. Uh, you probably don't. You probably don't think as much as you would if you weren't in a hot streak. You no, yeah, just go I up mean, there and let it let it work. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's just like if you're a pitcher and and you're hot. I mean, everything. Anytime you grip the ball and that once it leaves your hand you know it's going to be a strike and you know that you know that's your best stuff every time you go out there and you're not going to get beat and uh, so i think it's more of a locked in the game really slows down for you and um you just really focus on handling the pitches that you know how to handle and that you're confident that you can put a good swing on or you know make a good pitch on so it's kind of the way i approach it well, we've just about hit our time. So I'm going to let you guys go. David Oppenheim, Connor Bach, thank you so much for stopping by. Hopefully yeah. you enjoyed your first experience around the, the round table here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, David, can't wait to see you back out on the field. Connor, yeah, thank, thank you, you as well for coming by. And Blair Beck, our uh, venerated co-host here. Blair has made so many contributions to the show, including naming it. Blair came up with Bolts of the Round Table, so I have to give you credit for that. Always a pleasure being here, Terry. And uh, I appreciate having you as well as a talent scout. Just grabbing guys and bringing them up to, yeah, hey. to the podcast. It uh, makes my life easier. What you gotta do? I don't really ask. I just tell them that this is what we <laughs> yeah, got. I didn't have a choice. But <laughs> works for right. me. Uh, all right. Thanks, guys, a lot. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next time. This is Terry Bonadonna signing off for Bolts of the Roundtable.